Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this time for the business week ended 16th June 2023. This is Ian Haydock. This time, new IRA concerns and legal action in the US. Biogen brings in another ex-Sanofi exec. Novartis buys into kidney disease. And China appears to raise the regulatory bar in the immuno-oncology space. A new Medicare drug price negotiation program being implemented by the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, as required by the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, is already having an impact on R&D investment decisions, Eli Lilly's CEO David Ricks said during an investor event sponsored by J.P. Morgan on 14th June to discuss the IRA and pharmaceutical industry policy priorities. Lilly has deprioritized three drugs as a result of the new program that will allow CMS to negotiate drug prices for certain top-selling medicines beginning in 2026, Rick said, although he didn't disclose which drugs or how advanced in development they were. Jessica Mel writes that the pharma industry has voiced outspoken opposition to the new Medicare program, which is in the early stage of development but moving forward quickly. The first 10 drugs to face negotiation are expected to be named by CMS in September. One of the industry's biggest arguments against the legislation has been that it would dissuade investment in small molecule drugs, which are only granted nine years on the market before potentially facing drug price negotiations, while biologic medicines get 13 years. Nonetheless, despite the rhetoric from industry leaders, Few have come forward to say the legislation has stopped the development of specific programs. Already investors are making those decisions. We are making those decisions, which is de-emphasizing programs that would have been pursued as productive that are no longer productive, Ricks said. A forecast from the Congressional Budget Office that predicted the IRA would result in around 15 fewer drugs after 10 years underappreciated the impact, he said. I can tell you, after nine months, there are three fewer Lilly drugs, he noted. We are 5% of the US market, so their estimate is off by orders of magnitude in terms of how much effort will go into small molecules. There are other negative unintended consequences stemming from the IRA as well, Rick said, highlighting real-world examples. The expansion of Lilly's SGLT2 inhibitor Jardiance a drug first approved for diabetes in 2014, to a new indication for heart failure in 2022, probably wouldn't have happened under the IRA, he said. We did a whole phase 3 program on that in the middle of the life cycle. Probably that ends up being more valuable than the original indication, but no one would have pursued that, he said. What we would have done is gone back, found a new SGLT2 inhibitor that we haven't registered yet, and have started all anew, and in the meantime, people would have been dying of congestive heart failure. In other cases, drugs may simply not have been made available to Medicare patients, Rick said, referencing drugs that are most widely used in younger patient populations and products like the new oral migraine drugs. Staying with the IRA, Jessica also writes that just days after Merck Co. filed the first lawsuit against the US government over the implementation of a new Medicare drug price negotiation program ordered under the IRA, 
a second lawsuit was filed by the US Chamber of Commerce. I think we expected a lawsuit from the pharmaceutical industry, which is the most directly impacted by the law, but it's interesting to see a lawsuit from the Chamber of Commerce, which broadly represents a huge swathe of industry. Morrison First Partner and former FDA Chief Counsel Stacey Klein-Amin said in an interview. Seeing the Chamber lawsuit really reflects what a deeply significant issue these price negotiations could be for the economy as a whole, she said. The US Chamber of Commerce said it was filing suit because government price controls harm patients and stifle American innovation. The new provisions in the Inflation Reduction Act violate fundamental protections for free enterprise enshrined in our Constitution, which would have far-reaching implications in the future, the group said in a statement. Other lawsuits could follow, but shepherding various suits through the US court system will take time. A preliminary injunction would be the main chance for industry to slow down the implementation of the Medicare programme, which is progressing under a fast timetable established by the IRA. Short of a preliminary injunction, substantive changes to the programme will require a court decision in one of the cases, followed by a likely appeal and potentially a review by the US Supreme Court, according to some legal experts. The 9th June lawsuit, Dayton Area Chamber of Commerce versus Becerra, filed in the US District Court for the Southern District of Ohio, appears broader than Merck's complaint filed in Washington, D.C. District Court on 6th June. The focal point of both lawsuits is on the lack of negotiation in the Medicare process because drug manufacturers will be hit with excessive tax penalties if they choose not to accept the price offered by CMS. The two complaints raise some different arguments, however. Merck's lawsuit argues the program violates the taking clause of the US Constitution's Fifth Amendment and the First Amendment prohibition against forced speech. The US Chamber lawsuit includes the same First Amendment argument, but also includes various other arguments as well, including that the IRA violates separation of powers articles in the Constitution, violates due process under the Fifth Amendment, and violates the excessive fines clause under the Eighth Amendment. Biogen's new president and CEO, Christopher Wiebacher, has brought in former Sanofi colleague Adam Keeney to help advance the company's goal of sustainable growth from its existing products and programs as well as from assets sourced externally. Keeney, who's Biogen's newly appointed executive vice president and head of corporate development, told Scripps Mandy Jackson he's encouraged by what the company already is working on and is looking forward to bringing novel therapies into the mix. But to say that Biogen's current growth trajectory is in need of a turnaround may be an understatement. The company has posted three years in a row of revenue declines and its big hope for blockbuster growth, Adjuhel for Alzheimer's disease, was a commercial flop. Keeney noted that the past few years at Biogen have been an unusual time, but he said Wiebacher has been able to offer a new sense of direction, providing a new stability in the organisation, bringing people comfort that we are going to make some important decisions here for the long term, giving people a vision of where the company is going. Keeney, who signed on to lead business development at Sanofi toward the end of Wiebacher's tenure there, said that since he joined Biogen in mid-April, he has been pleasantly surprised by the company's existing pipeline and portfolio opportunities and impressed with the experts employed by Biogen and their commitment to the company's established neuroscience business. I think that we are in many ways resetting, 
recalibrating the direction of the company, Keeney said, noting that his role is to help Vibaka and Biogen's executive committee think through the company's future options. I think that I have the ability to partner very effectively with R&D, with commercial, and make sure that we're making the right investment decisions and proposing those that make sense for us in the long term and avoiding sort of knee-jerk short-term reactions, but more thinking about what's the right way to evolve the company, Keeney said. Novartis has jumped onto the M&A merry-go-round to pick up Chinook Therapeutics, paying $3.2 billion up front to get hold of two late-stage drugs for the rare kidney disease, IgA nephropathy. Kevin Grogan writes, the Swiss major, which is already developing its oral complement factor B inhibitor, Iptacopan, for IgAN, is acquiring Atrocentan, an oral endothelin A receptor antagonist, which is currently in the Phase 3 Agile study, and Zigakibart, a subcutaneous anti-April monoclonal antibody that's scheduled to enter late-stage trials in the third quarter. Under the terms of the deal, as well as the upfront fee, which values Seattle-based Chinook at $40 a share, Novartis could pay a further contingent value right of $4 per share, worth up to $300 million, if certain regulatory milestones are reached for Atrocentan. The Phase 3 readout for the drug in IgAN is expected in the fourth quarter this year, and Novartis noted that in trials to date, the drug, which is also in early-stage development for other rare kidney diseases, has shown significant reductions in proteinuria, a key clinical predictor of progression. The drug, which Chinook licensed in from AbbVie in 2020 in a deal worth up to $135 million in milestones, belongs to the same class as Trevia Therapeutics' Philspari, which received accelerated approval for IgAN from the US FDA this February. Novartis CEO Vas Narasimhan said the firm was excited by this unique opportunity to address one of society's most challenging healthcare issues. The addition of Atrocentan and Zigakibat to Iptacopan means that Novartis now has three late-stage candidates for IgAN with different mechanisms of action. Iptacopan, a twice-daily oral pipeline in a product that is seen as a key future revenue driver for Novartis, is already under regulatory review for paroxysmal nocturnal haemoglobinuria and C3 glomerulopathy, and a phase 3 readout in IgAN is expected later this year. Finally, China's National Medical Products Administration, or NMPA, has rejected for the first time a biologics license application for a homegrown anti-PD-1 L1 antibody roughly three months after granting the 11th approval of an immuno-oncology drug developed inside the country. Hong Kong-listed Genor Biopharma said it had been notified by the NMPA that its application for Geptanolimab, or GB226, for relapsed refractory peripheral T-cell lymphoma, had not been granted, Dexter Yan writes. Dino did not specify the reasons behind the regulatory decision, but noted that the progress of Geptanolimab's other clinical trials or the company's other pipeline candidates would not be affected. The Shanghai-based BioVenture originally in-licensed the antibody from compatriot company Crown Bioscience International in 2015. 
In its annual report for 2022, published this April, Genor said the BLA for geptanolimab as a monotherapy for PTCL was still under technical review in China. Before final approval is granted, any such filing is required to undergo administrative review by the NMPA, which usually follows a technical review. Previously, Genor said the geptanolimab BLA had been accepted by the NMPA and granted priority review in July 2020. In results published in the Journal of Hematology and Oncology in January 2021, study investigators noted the trial had some limitations, as some patients had been excluded from the full analysis set because of absence from the central pathology review. Moreover, the follow-up period was short. However, it's unclear whether these factors had anything to do with the NMPA decision. Gina is also pursuing other indications including cervical cancer and as monotherapy or in combination with a VEGFR inhibitor or sting agonist for various solid and hematological tumours. Although the ranks of China's homegrown PD-1, L1 immunotherapies has been growing, the NMPA has also kept a promise made in September 2021 to raise the entry bar for new entrants in the field. At the time, it was suggested that applicants would need to show clearer evidence of advantages, including the use of best-in-class comparators in trials where available. It also seems that some other companies have faced delays over a need for additional data. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. And a reminder that an article with links to all of the stories discussed here is linked in the description below. Check out all of the much more extensive content from Scripps Global Team by logging in, or if you're not already a subscriber, take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.